Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Hi, Scott. How you doing, Mark? Good. I um, was thinking about one of the statements you made in, I think it was our last episode, in a recent episode anyway, okay. where you, uh, I think we were talking about doctrine and you were talking, I'll let you kind of restate it, but you said something about it being your ongoing pursuit or desire to be more clear. Uh, well, I make a lot of statements, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't want you to hold me to it, but um, yeah, I could have uh, said any number of things that I regret, but um, I think what you're talking about was you were, we were talking about doctrine and uh, talking about the fact that you hold it you know, once and for all, and nothing could possibly pry you from it. And I think it's important to, um, important to me anyway, to understand it better all the time and to get more clear about it all the time and be able to explain it or defend it better all the time so that I'm not just like, um, you know, holding on to something that I learned in third grade and hoping that that sees me through the rest of my life. Right. And so I, I, I do want to keep learning about that and, um. You know, I, um, I I ran across a quote today just randomly on something different that just said, in times of change, learners inherit the earth while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was how, I guess that's what I'm trying to avoid is I would like to continue to learn so that I'm just not stuck with whatever I got when I first got it at yeah. third grade or fifth grade or whenever. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, that that was the statement that I was thinking of, and it it got me to thinking about learning and what that was like at followers, that how that was kind of looked at. Uh, education, both what you'd call worldly education, just um, intellectual knowledge kind of stuff, and then learning about the Bible. So. Yeah, I don't know that I would call it worldly education. Oh, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would. But what you're talking about, though, just to make sure that I'm clear, is that yeah. you're talking about school and formal, formal education Perfect. that would yeah. result in degrees or right. something like that. Right. Letters, letters behind your name, maybe. Right. Okay. Right. Of which I have none. And that's yeah. what you call worldly. Yeah, that's okay. that's what uh, how it was portrayed to me, that any... Any of that was unnecessary and worldly and was only going to lead to trouble. Um, okay. It, it was, um, as a kid, I, I did well in school. And of course you did. I, <laughs> yeah, just, just going to brag for the next 20 minutes. That's right. But Recess was probably your favorite. Yeah, though. it was. Yeah. Recess, PE. Uh, no, I, I really did like school as a young kid. And I went to school in, in Gladstone, a, a neighboring city to Oregon mm -hmm. City, where most of my church friends went to school in Oregon City. 
So there, I had some separation there. And so at school, I, I didn't know that I was doing anything different than any of the other kids. But when I did join up with them in junior high, I came to Oregon City and started going to school. I found out very quickly that uh, being getting good grades was not the best way to get along with the other kids, we'll just say. It, well, again, okay, I, I feel like that's my job to say this every week. That's not just f from your background. Right. That's how it is in every group of kids. Right. <laughs> um, except maybe the nerds, right? Yeah. Or something. But no, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, so I, I came over and realized that um, fitting in was going to be much easier if I just let the grades slip, which was fine with me too. I mean, I, we can go have more fun that way and all that, but, um, it, it just, the school learning, I knew I was never going to college. I, that just, I didn't need to for the job that I was going to have. And my path was to graduate from high school and then start working probably for my dad as a bricklayer immediately full-time get married soon have kids soon you know so it was there was really no need in my life for any formal education any um additional education so is that so help me with the chicken and the egg here mm -hmm. for a minute mm -hmm. is was there no need for education because it was already predetermined what kinds of jobs you would have or were we against education which then ruled out many of the other kinds of jobs? That's a great question. I don't know which one of those I would be, the chicken or the egg in that uh, analogy, okay. but for me, any any other job was ruled. I mean, when followers started, again, Cindy and I, my wife and I are fourth generation. When followers started, most everyone was a farmer. I mean, this was the late 1800s. Well, when followers started... Most everybody else was Most also farmers. Else, right. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. 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 So in my lifetime, most everybody, I mean, I'm going to say 99% of people at followers were in construction of some kind. We were um, in the trades or uh, self-employed general contractors, something like that. But we were in construction and there was no need for a college degree of any kind to get a job like that at that time. Okay. So, so no formal learning. Yeah. I, I will. Let me just interrupt you yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I have quite a bit of formal learning and I still think that people who work construction are some of the smartest people I know because they have to figure stuff out that, that no matter, you know, no amount of story problems in math class can, right. Can prepare you for. Yeah. No, I, so, there you go. I mean, I'm just going to say that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And th this is not uh, by any means uh, me can berating anyone for their education level or anything like right. that. Right, no, I I'm, didn't understand that. Yeah, no, I, I'm just talking about... Um, so there, there was that part of it that I didn't need that education, so it never really became a problem. But had I needed education for something, then there would have been a problem because mm -hmm. it was very frowned upon like you you would not go get a college education um, because that would have been considered worldly they 
really the only reason to do something like that uh, would have been out of either greed or pride, wanting to make a reputation for yourself, um, wanting to have a pedigree, I guess. Um, so it really is that the, it, it was against education so that ruled out so many other different professions or yeah. opportunities. So yeah. it wasn't really that, oh, you know, everyone's sort of predestined to be in the trades. Right. It's more like we're against education and that then limits the options. Yeah, I guess it would. I never really looked at it that way mm -hmm. because I, I didn't look at being in construction as a negative in any way. I, no. I enjoyed doing, I still enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so, so it was looked at as you were trying to better yourself. You were trying to um, be smarter than, than the rest. And, and that spilled over even into studying your Bible too. So just what you just said, though, was that even as an adult, you still had sort of the um, childhood thing haunting you. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not better yourself. Let's not get too much education. Here. Yeah. It's the same pressure you felt when you went to junior high. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And so it's, and then like I said, it's, it, spills over and was looked at a lot the same way in studying your Bible too. If you were, if you spent too much time doing that, or you spent too much time talking about the Bible or talking about Jesus, it was, you, you would get labeled as self-righteous like, pretty quickly. And so it, I just saw the same, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that, and then the other part of it, too, at my house, and I'm just going to say at my house, I, I got the impression that my mom was afraid that I was going to go to school and learn something that would prevent me from being able to believe in God, like that it was one or the other. Just for an example, if, if I went and learned the facts about evolution then I wouldn't be able to believe in a creation if, mm -hmm. if I knew the facts or someone would convince me or something like that. I think there was a fear involved. You would be put a in a place where your faith wouldn't hold up against whatever other ideas might be there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I get, I mean, if I'm honest, I get a parent's concern about that, but I, I would just recommend people don't make their kids think that because what that meant was for me, it, it lessened, um, uh, our faith. It, it made it seem like it was flimsy. Like if, if mm -hmm. I could go learn something that would make me not be able to believe in this, then what substance does this have? It was kind of my, I didn't say that to anybody. If it's that but, easy to overthrow. Yeah. Why would I, why do I believe in the first place? Right. Right. So really, then you, if that's your reasoning, you don't need to go away to college to right. have it challenged. It's challenged just by the prospect that you can't go to college. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it was challenge. And then, and then I also kind of got the impression that the Bible itself taught against learning. Like, I don't know where I got that, but that was, you know, if you shouldn't be studying it too much, if you shouldn't be going and furthering your education, then there must be something fundamentally wrong with 
learning in general is, was the idea that I somehow got. And, um, you know, I think some of the, some of the verses that they would use, like in, uh, Corinthians, um, most of the, the verses that they would use were talking about, um, well, let's just read first Corinthians chapter one is, uh, this is in the KJV. It says, uh, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And that was used to enforce that you don't, you don't want to be very wise according to this world. So because those aren't the people that God calls that those aren't the, they can't be faithful because they've, they've learned too much is, was kind of the way that was used. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, because it, it's, you know, if you did that, not many are uh, wise. So there's a wise, foolish thing. There's a strong and a weak thing. Mm-hmm. which would be, yeah, you don't want to have any physical strength either. Right. Right there. So so basically sit on your couch and eat potato chips and see how weak you can become physically. Right. That, that's not what that verse is about. Right. And the same thing intellectually. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is about something different. Yeah. Be happy to talk about what it's about yeah. sometime, but that's <laughs> yeah. not the point right now. Yeah. Yeah, and then another one that, that they would use about not, not learning, um, is Galatians chapter one. And Paul is defending his apostleship in, in this, in these verses. Um, he says, for I would have, you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So that was used to say that we we shouldn't go study this. It will just be revealed to you when God wants to, or or if you uh, want it bad enough, or pray hard enough for it, for for understanding, for wisdom, um, and this also. I mean. We can come back, but this gives us all kinds of problems too with um, how preachers can't can't go study the Bible either because it needs to be revealed to them in the same way that Paul talks about here as an apostle. That that's the way followers looked at mm-hmm. their preachers, and which is um, again a little more than uh, I th- I think you want to say about that. Because if you've got, um, where am I looking here? What do you mean? What is a little more than you want to say? That a preacher well, should? That's that's saying more than is there. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, I, I can concede that Paul's argument in that text is that it was revealed to me. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, but also, um, it is... I think important to recognize that one of the one of the reasons he could say that is that he already had an education. 
Right. I mean, he already knew the scriptures frontwards and backwards. I mean, this is what it say. he says when he's telling his story in Acts 22. He says, and he said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, who was a leading mm-hmm. rabbi, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are today. Um, and he continues, but his point, I mean, his, his defense there yeah. is not that he got it, you know, with no means, Right, but rather that he, he essentially he had the entire Hebrew scriptures at his disposal, so that when he, you know, the, the Holy Spirit had something to work with as it was revealed to him. Right, and, right. and that that is really important when you yes. come to studying scriptures. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, that that reminds me of in John fourteen when when he says that the Spirit will bring to remembrance all that I have taught you, that Jesus had been teaching his disciples, and and it's the Spirit that brings to remembrance, but it doesn't just, he doesn't say he'll just come and reveal new information to you. He will bring to remembrance all that I have taught you. Like there, mm-hmm. there had been education. And, and, and the thing about that, too, is the, um, the authority of the teaching really, I mean, for Paul, came through the scriptures over yeah. and over and over. He's going back to the scriptures, and you've got the same thing there in the uh, the verse you just were talking about um, in John fourteen. He's going to take the authoritative word of Christ, bring it to you, and mm-hmm. then open it to you, rather than start from scratch. See, I think there's yeah. a big difference yeah. in starting from you know a dead stop, right, and then saying this is it. And, you know, Paul didn't do that, and Jesus didn't do that, and they all had this background that was sort of rich in the Scripture that um, is, I guess, argues against this out-of-nothing sort of revelation. Yeah, yeah. Because if you get the out-of-nothing revelation, again, who's going to say that that is authoritative? First of all, who's going to say that it's true? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, how do I know that, you know, what if what if you and I are both on some, I don't know where you get these, maybe desert island or somewhere, some, yeah. um, apocalyptic, and we're there, and you have one and I have one, yeah. and they're not the same. Okay, then who's going to say, right. mine's from God, yours from God? I, w- there's no way, number one, to know they're true. Number two, to have it be authoritative. In other words, I don't know why we should do one thing and not another, whereas if you have the scripture as an authority, which is what it says the Holy Spirit will use. Yeah. When he uses that, then um, you can, you will have uh, the authoritative word of God applied to you from the, by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you, you read John 14, right? But not John yes. 16. Right. John 16 says when the spirit of truth, so it even labels him yeah. with the adjective that he is a spirit of truth. So, there is a, he's not just any, doing anything, he's doing yeah. the truth thing, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. His his job is to guide you, not give you new, but, yeah. but drive you back into the truth. He will not speak on his own authority. So there is... And the authority question is an important one. Yes. And, and really, um, so many of the things that we've talked about here go back to that authority question. Yeah. And so, um, 
Yeah, to be educated in the scripture is to is to give the the Holy Spirit something that he can use. Yeah. When he's, you know, authoritative, something authoritative he can use in your life. Yeah. Yeah. We brought up another thing I was just thinking of as I was reading Galatians there and, and Paul making that defense that that he received, uh, that the gospel he received was uh, through revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, he's still the one who tells, we talked about the Bereans last week, who tells them that they're more noble-minded because they hear what he said. He, he's already saying that it is from revelation from Jesus, and he preaches the gospel, and he still says it's good that they go and check the scriptures to see that it's mm. true. The authority is is in the Bible for that. And I, I just don't think we can say that enough, that, that that's where the authority is. And then I think a good um, thing to bring up about Paul receiving that through revelation is that we can't make that, uh, maybe we talked about this already, but we can't make that the requirement then for everyone, that that's how you everyone has to receive it. Because he writes to Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy, uh, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Timothy didn't, the expectation wasn't for Timothy to receive it by revelation. Right. And not only that, when Paul says that in Galatians, He's claiming uniqueness. Yes. He's not claiming like, hey, then everybody gets some kind of a direct thing. Right. No, one of the things you need to know about me is I get this, I got this direct thing. And, yeah. you know, he was educated the whole time, for sure. But, yeah. uh, but he's claiming to be unique. He's not claiming that to be normative for everybody else. Right. And in fact, he's claiming to be so unique in that, that he says if anyone comes teaching anything different, to let them be accursed. Mm-hmm. Like it, he says, even if, even if he or an angel from heaven comes yeah. back saying something new. So it's not to your point earlier, but it's not going to be something new revealed. It's going to be truth revealed. Right. Yeah. Well, there's a couple, one other one that I thought of was in acts, um, in acts eight of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip is, is brought by the Spirit, and he sees him, and it says, So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up to sit with him. And then Philip goes on, I think it says from that verse, preaches to him about Jesus and tells him about Jesus. So it's clearly... The gospel is something that is taught and that we do learn. We, we hear it preached. The, the Spirit reveals it as truth to us. I believe mm-hmm. that, but, but we, have to, we have to hear it preached. You I get mean, it by means. Yeah. You, know, you don't get it just out of nowhere. You get it by means of yeah. somebody who's teaching you in a book, in a class, in a yeah. one-on-one conversation. Yeah. Um, you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to say that the Scripture talks about um, knowledge and understanding. I mean, yeah. I just did a quick search there. 158 times it talks about knowledge. A th- yeah. Over a thousand times it uses the word know. Um, uh, 256 times understand. 
and uh, 81 times learn. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's not like it's a foreign idea yeah. to the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much in, in Acts 2, kind of the birth of the church. Um, part of the thing that they do, it says they, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So it, it's, it was learning, like right from the beginning. Yeah. Right. What else is it going to be if you're going to devote yourself to yeah. their teaching? I mean, what is that except, you know, educating yourself about their teaching? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah exactly. Good. That's good. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, just the, the Great Commission teaching is part in that too, telling us, go therefore and teach all nations is what the KJV says, baptizing mm-hmm. them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So learning and teaching and studying is promoted in the Bible. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and I would say, I would say it's normative, mm. you know, it's normal. And see, one of the things when you say it's promoted in the Bible, okay. Yeah. You're saying, you're saying a lot, maybe more than you mean to say, because throughout history, Mm. uh, learning has always gone, you know, hand in glove with Christianity. Uh, The great... uh, Yeah, how so? Well, just really the, um, even early, the church was um, leading the way in um, schools, Mm. Uh, whether it's uh, monasteries and, I mean, way back, right? Yeah. And just pulling out and being students. And then the great universities in Europe, the great universities in, or the, especially the early universities in the United States were founded by Christians. Mm. The great, I mean, science flourished in the West and not in the East, for instance. I mean, I'm not like of America, the West is in Europe and uh, okay. America, as opposed to, um, I don't know, uh, the East Asia and, yeah. and Indonesia yeah. and all those places, in part because Christianity, I mean, not in part, right. primarily because Christianity came. In other words, learning and scientific discovery, all of the things were driven by the belief that um, human beings were created in God's image. Yeah. And therefore, were given dominion, and part of the dominion was to understand what they had dominion over, and b- the belief that God was good and orderly, and so then they would um, study it. And so they studied the stars, they studied the yeah. plants and animals and all things, and you, you have this just rich development of knowledge in um and we're the beneficiaries of it. And, and even people who don't believe in Christianity are the beneficiaries yeah. of the knowledge and the, essentially the drive for knowledge that uh, came from Christianity. Yeah. So all that to say, to be in the stream of Christianity is to be in the stream of knowledge and education, Yeah. whether you want to be or not. You know right. I mean? right. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I, I really think that the biggest hang-up, I guess, I mean, you know, to go off to college to 
public school, whatever argument you want. There are some, I think there were um, like morality concerns, temptation concerns, lifestyle concerns on that part of it. Um, but I really think the biggest thing was I got the impression that you had to choose one. You either had to um, be go with your mind or go with spirit. And and you if you are going to go with the learning, that's going to be at the sacrifice of the spiritual side of it. If that I don't know if I'm wording that quite right. You almost said if that makes sense, didn't you? Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) No. No, but it was, it was that like, like I'm going to bring up seminary again, but if, if a preacher went to seminary, that was thought of as not only not receiving by revelation, but it was, it was learning at the cost of spirituality. That it, it was yeah. taking the spirit out of it. And in all fairness, I mean, that has happened. Sure. And there, there have been seminary graduates who have been unspiritual when they're finished. And that's happened throughout the years. I mean, in other words, um, the followers are not the only ones who are anti-intellectual. Sure. I mean, and I don't even know if that's how you characterize it, but there, there has been an anti-intellectual movement, yeah. you know, sort of uh, around the edges of Christianity as it's traveled through history. Sure. And, you know, it, it, that is what it is, but that that is not a requirement, and it's not a it's not even helpful in yeah. being a better Christian. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's good. And I've the problem that I had with it really that that way of thinking that that if you go to learn and increase your knowledge, then you're going to lose spirituality. You're going to sacrifice spirituality. Was Basically, I came out of that thinking that the way to be spiritual is to be dumb. Like you, you have to stay uneducated in order to be spiritual. And almost, I mean, you go down that, how far do you go down that road? The less educated you are, the more spiritual you are. I mean, I I didn't understand how this, Mm. any of this worked, but I did experience kind of both ends of this spectrum when I, when I was at followers, it was, it was amazing to me to hear these stories that people, the, the dreams that people would have, or um, a vision that someone would have, and then, or a dream that someone would have of the end of time, for okay. example. And then it doesn't come to pass. I didn't know what to do with that because the expectation there was still to believe it and trust that we just don't understand it yet and. That's not what I read in the Bible. So when I left there, then I wanted nothing to do with any of that. I didn't want to hear a, a dream that anybody had. I didn't mm-hmm. want to hear. I, I, I went complete, whatever you call cessationist. Ra- radio silent. Whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't want to hear any of it. And, mm-hmm. I, and I realized that that's not, that's not right either to completely— um, shut the door. I, I, I almost was doing that. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm, I'm going to take the spirituality out of it kind of thing. And I don't want to hear any of it. And, but Jesus tells the woman at the well that there's going to come a time where you're going to 
worship me in spirit and truth. Well, and God seeks worshipers in spirit yes. and truth. Yeah. So, I mean, he is after both. You're right. That's a good yeah. That's a good place in the scripture where you would cement those together. Yeah. Really. Yeah. No, so, um, so it, I guess I, all that to say that I don't think the idea is to pick one or the other. That I and and that can be the temptation. Like when Jesus didn't pick right, one or the other. Right. Jesus said you need both. Yes. And it, yeah, it wasn't that you just need one or the other, it's that you need both. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think really the pursuit of both right. is is the right pursuit. Yeah. So the, the pursuit of God by means of both the spirit and truth. You're going to worship by spirit and truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. And um, there's another place in Corinthians where Paul talks, I think it's in chapter 14, where Paul talks about worshiping not just with his spirit, but with his mind also. And there's just, we we have to, we have to go to the scripture and read what we, we need to know what Jesus is like before we can worship him. You, you can't worship him in spirit without knowing what he's like. Well, and that's the, the great commandment to yeah. love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind yeah. and strength. Yeah. So you don't check, don't check out there because that's one of the biggest things in the whole Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just so so important no matter no matter how discouraged you might be about it by others or being worried about being thought of as self-righteous just read read your bible and and yes pray for help to understand it and count on the spirit that will reveal truth to you through his word not just like you said sitting on your couch eating potato chips hoping that he reveals truth to you it's it's in the bible well and he, yeah it's in the bible and it's even in creation and see, yeah. and say i think that to to gain knowledge to gain knowledge in creation so you i mean you said mm-hmm. that both of those things the bible and yeah regular no, you know, regular knowledge yeah. made you nervous um you know, I just I just heard an interview of a, a astrophysicist the other day who's a believer. Yeah, and it was quite inspiring. To I mean, she worked on the uh, on the Hubble project. Oh yeah, and told just stories of what that kind of meant. And I just I was really encouraged that yeah. she would look out there and the heavens would declare the glory of God and the firmament shows handiwork. So she's, she picked up what God was putting down (laughs) by means of science there. Right. Right. Yeah. I've heard of stories too of astronauts who have on Mm -hmm. takeoff, they were atheists, but when they got up there and saw, they, they just said there's, there has to be a a creator. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard stories like that. And, I just bring that up to say that the Christian faith is not a a flimsy, a, a weak faith that opposing teaching can prove wrong. You're not going to go learn something that's true that's going to prove Christianity wrong. So there shouldn't be that fear of uh, if I study, uh, you know, if I do well in science or something like that, then I'm not going to be able to be, I'm going to be too smart to be able to believe in God. That's just not, that's not it's a thing. It's actually going to help you. Yeah. I mean, it really is yeah. actually going to help you. And and there, it's just to show you that that you don't have to be afraid, like you mentioned, of it being flimsy, 
but that it's actually reasonable. Mm-hmm. In fact, as reasonable or more reasonable than any other belief. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you're. I think you're pretty safe. Yeah. Pursuing that. Yeah. Well, we would sing a song um, called "More About Jesus." Have you heard this one before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes I have them. Sometimes you surprise that you don't me. Hear, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Just sing it for me. I'll know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll read it to you. It says, more about Jesus would I know, more of his grace to others show, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. And verse 2 says, more about Jesus let me learn, more of his holy will discern. Spirit of God my teacher be, showing the things of Christ to me. And that's really the, that's the verse that I wanted to mm. really focus on because that, that is, the Spirit is going to reveal the things of Christ to you through mm. his word, through your mind, through your heart. It's, uh, oh, that's a, it's a song of pursuit. See, yeah. that, I think that's one of the things yeah. that it might be most dangerous even is just to say, we're not going to be for the gaining of knowledge. I mean, that's a song of pursuit. I'm going to pursue yeah. more of Jesus. Yeah. 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 Verse 3 says, More about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. And, yeah, that's just, I, I don't really have anything else to add to that. That's, uh, the end. That's right. perfect. Well, thanks, Scott. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.